Hi, and welcome to the Pride Road Architects podcast. I'm Lisa, Lisa Rains, and each episode I'll talk to people who interest me in the world of architecture and business. So join me and fellow lions and lionesses as we explore architecture in the den. Welcome to Architecture in the Den. It's been a while since I've done this. It's been nearly six months, I think. Uh, and I'm delighted that Michelle Hottle has joined us all the way from California for our inaugural 2022 episode. So, hi, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm fine, Lisa. How are you? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. We were just saying that it's uh, 5 p.m. UK time. And what time is it with you? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. So it's it's still pretty good. It, it's still you know yeah that's that's better than like uh, what Lisa or not Lisa um, Sarah was doing them at like 2 a.m. or something her time oh, at wow. some point. <laughs> I mean, and you you were saying that you were up early or you've been up early to do clubhouses. Clubhouse, yes. Mm-hmm. So I was on a clubhouse this morning. It's the Entre Architect Context and Clarity. So it's six, it's 9 a.m. Eastern time. It's 6 a.m. New, New York, isn't it? Eastern time. Yes, yes. Pacific time, which is California, all the West Coast and Arizona, but only during certain parts of the year. And then Arizona has, they, they don't observe daylight savings. So then they're an hour off from us. <laughs> And all these things you have to kind of learn, you know, it's, it's something that, that's become part of our understanding in the past two years during lockdown, especially when we yes. started doing international podcasts and Clubhouse and uh, and also we were part of, uh, you joined us on Shiro's. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, it was last year, gosh. Yes, last year in May. Yeah, that was that with uh, Sarah Colotta. That uh-huh. was super fun trying to coordinate people from all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think because we have daylight saving hours, British summertime, and some of the language got confused, and we got confused about timings. No, I know there were a lot of time zones to keep track of on there. And then I would, I mean, I, I can remember like at the beginning of COVID, I was missing things all the time because it wasn't expressed that it was like Eastern time. And so everybody was like three hours off and, Mm. you know. I mean, I remember kind of like those um, sort of images of patriarchal offices where you have the clocks, you know, like in Mad Men or something, and you've got the clocks on the wall with the different time zones. And you're like, that's just pretentious. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I know. And now it's like, I know, you know, actually, I mean, it's kind of good because on our phones, right, we can keep mm-hmm. track of that. But, you know, of course, we're never looking at all of the time zones. We're only looking at our own. But <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm I'm coming to the end of my day. So I just had to nip in and turn off my uh, bulgur wheat. <laughs> Your what? Your what was that? Bul- bulgur wheat. 
Oh, bulgur wheat. Okay, yes. Yeah, yes. I've kind of got some bulgur, bulgur wheat and vermicelli mix on the stove. I don't know how it's going to work. Just a bit of, a bit of weekday uh, experimentation for tea. <laughs> you know, one of them is probably going to cook faster than the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. well our house is a bit it, it's a bit crazy at the moment because we're hosting a ukrainian family oh you are oh how wonderful oh yeah. my gosh lisa <laughs> so it makes life really interesting so we've we've split the week in terms of cooking so because there's four of them and a variety of numbers of us um and so we've just so we don't overcook because that was a serious issue um and which led to loads of food waste and things like that we've like split the week so mm -hmm. kind of we do wednesday thursday friday and they cook it's kind of sunday monday tuesday but sometimes there's a bit of a crossover so i don't know whether <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to hover around the kitchen and go I'm cooking because we, we have a language issue as well so yeah yeah Lisa that's that's like amazing that's so wonderful I know that we um our church took in some um some people from uh Haiti really and so yes and because and because um we have a community center and when the community center was designed we have an interfaith um we have an interfaith shelter which mm -hmm. is transitional housing so you know and they go from church to church and one of the things that they had at the church was they said that they wanted to have you know showers so that we could host the interfaith shelter because we weren't able to host that before because we didn't have the showers so mm -hmm. showers were part of it and then then kind of the classrooms become um you know the bedrooms mm -hmm. and then there's room for it and then we have um a bigger kitchen they put in a commercial kitchen so that they would be able to um to host bigger gatherings with food and everything so i mean i think that's really important mm -hmm. and now trying to get them into to a, a more permanent housing yeah well we're just we're just a, a stop gap so we've yeah. offered to yeah. host for six months but they've got a right to remain in the uk for three years so we can oh, okay yeah the government should provide accommodation after after our six months but it'll be yeah. a, a battle of red tape i think <laughs> yeah yeah as always as always but <laughs> as is the life of architecture as well <laughs> yes very much so yeah. yeah. So who's yeah. in your household at the moment? Oh my gosh, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, I mean, actually, one of my friends is kind of laughing, saying that I should be writing a dramedy or something because I have um, I have my, I have my, <laughs> I have my uh, we added on. So I have my ex-husband uh -huh. that lives in the thing because um, he had a medical issue. And so, and then I have all three of my adult kids are here now because my daughter was going 
to go to grad school, which she is in grad school, but they went to, um, you know, it was at the beginning of the year and they said like, oh, you know what, we're not going to be in person. We're going to go to, you know, we're going to be virtually, but she had already given up her apartment. So she'd been gone for two years with her own apartment, mm -hmm. gave up the apartment, and then they decided to go virtual for her master's program. And so that's that, which school's that? Pardon me? Which school? Grad school. Oh, a grad school in LA. So we're in San Diego. Wow. And so, yeah. And so, wow. so she moved back into the house to Gosh. do that. And then now, and then they went into, um, and then they were going to be like two days a week. And so she goes up, she commutes like from, you know, her boyfriend's house, like halfway she commutes it because, you know, housing in LA is so, is so ridiculously expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy expensive, you know? And so, um, so she's doing that. And then they actually, you know, now there's more cases of COVID. So they're like, okay, now we're not going to have you in person, but we are going to have you in person for these days. So it's just totally crazy. And then my brother recently moved in with me. And so, he's <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, have, we, have a lot, we have a lot of people living here right now. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, an, he, do you think this is an architecture thing? Just kind I, of like I don't know, Lisa. Have, right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's it. just us. Maybe it's <laughs> us, right? I don't know. Maybe it's just us. And so he's gonna build an ADU in the back. Yeah. So what, it's like what? an ADU, which is an accessory dwelling unit. So everybody in the state of California that has a single family home can now have an accessory dwelling unit and it can either be attached to their house, which in that case, it's 50% of the size of the house, or if it's a two bedroom, one bath unit, then it can be a thousand square feet. Wow. Yes. And, and then you can have up to 1200 square feet wow. of an accessory dwelling unit. Mine is gonna be 200 square feet. Wow. <laughs> So a little bit that's really you. interesting because we have rules. Well, we don't have rules like that over here, but um, our councils are very careful to stop um, kind of overdevelopment on, on uh, properties. I suppose our, our curtilages are probably smaller. Um, and, well, we have and a 7,000 so, square foot lot. Yeah. So we have a 7,000 square foot lot, and then which, which probably... In England is large, right? Mm -hmm. Seven thousand yeah. square feet large. That's like yeah. seven hundred square meters, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So for us, you know, once you start putting a second dwelling on a property, you start adding to, you know, congestion on the roads and parking issues. Um, I mean, if you just look out my window, oh. I'll, I'll show you out the window. I mean, this isn't going to translate very well to a, uh, an audio podcast, but you can see I live in um, a semi-detached house. Yes. Um, yes. You can see over yeah. the road, um, kind of like typical semi-detached houses. Yeah. If you tried to yeah. put an, a, an extra dwelling in the back of there, the roads would be cool. very congested. <laughs> yeah yeah which i mean you can see like we have five foot side yards here if mm -hmm. you look at we have five foot side yards here and then also um 
I mean, I, I grew up in uh, Pittsburgh and the area that I grew up in, it's less than one square mile, but it's one of the densest suburbs in, in Pittsburgh. And it was designed, you know, it was designed by um, urban designers and planners in the late 1800s. And it's, um, you know, the lots are smaller and mm -hmm. a lot of single family homes, but then on the corners, they would do um, uh, apartments. Apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then maybe duplexes scattered throughout the thing. So it's really, it's, so it's mixed and it's more of like a European model. So it's on, you know, the major transportation corridors and, you know, the streetcar trolley was running through there. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so much more different than kind of California style yeah. planning. <laughs> so do you do you work from home? Do you have an office at home? Yes, I do. And yes. So one of the things I did with the addition was I added a home office. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. So the addition was done about two years ago. So we were kind of we had started it right before COVID and then we finished it up during COVID mm -hmm. after the shutdown. Yeah. So um so what sort of uh, work do you do in your practice? I primarily do custom residential. So this was right up my, this was right up my alley. My plans do not, I think it was my, my own plans might've been uh, the messiest set that I've ever done. Uh, but I knew that <laughs> they I always are. How many versions <laughs> of your own plans did you do though? Well, it was kind of a really fast thing. Right, because mm -hmm. we basically had to add on in order to accommodate someone in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, that was kind of the that was the main um, that was kind of the main um, reason why we added on. So a lot of it just had to be, and because of the way you know, I kind of wanted to keep the existing front of the house, and we really couldn't add on in the front. We didn't want to obviously add on the second floor because that would defeat the purpose. So mm -hmm. it is just in the back and then kind of goes out. And it's more modern than the rest of the house, the 50s house. So the back addition is a little bit more modern mm -hmm. on the interior, but just kind of um, on the exterior, it's just mm -hmm. kind of like. Yeah, that sounds like here. I kind of I, we moved in here. It's a it's an extended 1930s semi, which um, sort of is very, very typical house type in the suburbs here um and when we and we I moved in about eight years ago but I've kind of been concentrating on growing the business rather than uh, like doing anything to the house of course um, I must have yeah. redesigned the house about five times um but it wasn't until we decided to take on the Ukrainian family that we actually put in that extra shower room <laughs> <laughs> by which time my specifications had all changed because you couldn't get hold of anything <laughs> so it's like we have all these plans but it's necessity that actually forces us to do stuff I know I know exactly and now my brother my brother is here so he's helping me with a lot he is helping me with a lot of stuff and you know mm -hmm. it's 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 funny though it's just you know with your sibling you're like thinking <laughs> this is kind of what I what I said because we we are close right but we haven't lived together for ages mm -hmm. so um so you know you kind of start to wonder like oh was I too mean to him as a guy and my brother is is like he's 
my brother's six five, right? And I'm like almost, you know, I was five eight. Now we're a little bit. Now we're more like six four and five seven. But <laughs> but anyway, you know, I mean, he was always as big as me, like from like two on. He was always as big as me, and then he got really a lot taller, you know. But but when you're younger and you're like arguing, you know, with your sibling or whatever, and then you know later on when you're kind of thinking about it in life, you know, it's like, oh, was I too mean to them? And I realized that I really wasn't. There were <laughs> reasons why. <laughs> why why I why I argued with him and there's still the same reason and then one of my neighbors was walking up the street and and she said like oh my gosh uh you were standing there and you and your brother were into it and then I was laughing with one of my friends last night and I said you know I don't even think I was arguing with him when I was talking to him about that I think we were just having a discussion it wasn't even an argument but the neighbor thought we were arguing and it was really just a discussion about I think he was going to buy some building supplies and he was asking and then of course he's going my brother's really smart too which is part of the, which which is part of the problem right I mean because <laughs> people are always laughing about how oh I mean therapists therapists always tell me like when you know in marriage counseling they would always kind of laugh about like oh she probably isn't wrong too much of the time but my brother is like really not wrong most of the time <laughs> I mean <laughs> I need just have different ways of going about things yeah, but he has a lot of questions about the construction and he has like all these detailed things so it's like I'm con you know it's like we're in a construct like we're it's like a job site where the contractor is constantly asking you questions about things, but it's your home life, you know? And so he starts work really early in the morning. So he gets home earlier, but you know, for me, my day is not over yet. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to get work done, but then he's got stories about, you know, I mean, not story. He's got questions about the construction and, you know, we're building it a shed that wasn't, you know, I wanted it done like two years ago because I wanted my sons to do it, but they didn't do it. And then, you know, so we've got like all, so it, I mean, it'll work out. It'll work out fine. Right, well, Lisa? What it'll work care? out fine. What, what's his job occupation? He's a manager. He's a manager for um, uh, UPS. Okay, so logistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I always ask my clients what they do because it gives you really good insight as to their personalities you know what though Lisa this is the first that's the first time that anybody has like has like labeled it logistics because now <laughs> I, that I mean even describing it like that it makes much more sense it makes much more sense as to the reason why he's always asking me all these questions but yeah 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> We as architects were more intuitive with things. And so when people start asking us like the details of things, you know, it's like either we want to draw it, you know, mm -hmm. or we or we're trying to explain it to mm -hmm. them. But you know, mm -hmm. sometimes the explanation isn't, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing with like COVID and what, you know, I mean, I realized, you know, when I was having people draft for me virtually that I I like think I point to a lot of things. Yeah. And I wasn't able to like point to those things when I'm in an email or yeah. even, you know, when I wasn't doing a lot of it Zoom. I was just going back and forth with the drawings and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. I think that 
it translates better with some people. Yeah, well, people. we in our business, well, we just do resident. You know, I've I've got this franchise business, private, <laughs> um, and our business models based on um, sort of a very simplified kind of architectural process, and we start with a concept design workshop, which is hand drawn, and we uh -huh. draw yeah, yeah. in front of the clients. So we we draw at scale one to fifty. I don't know what what's that in American. Is that one like one to forty eight or something? One is it an inch to a foot or something like that? I don't know. No, that wouldn't work. Would it work? No, that wouldn't work. Because yeah, you're in meters, right? Yeah, yeah. So one yeah, meter yeah, yeah. Which I did in Denmark. I did I did design in in yeah. that when I was in Denmark in school. But, yeah, yeah. But it, it's the right scale for us. So I'm just gonna just grab a workshop off my shelf. So if you're listening, okay. Onto our website, you'll probably see various examples, prideroad.co.uk or prideroadfranchise.co.uk. So on an A3 piece of paper. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you get you, you fit in a house. And um, so uh -huh. that's um so I'm just showing kind of pictures of, of uh, a 1930 uh, drawings of a 1930s semi. Yes. This yes. is what I do in a workshop. So I'll draw the existing layout and then I'll start to hand draw options in front of the client. Yes. Um, yes. And we do this in real time. So, yeah. So, in like the process of two hours or um, in person, kind yeah. of like three and a half hours, yeah. the client starts to see iterations and it's just. Mm -hmm a really good way of you know no matter what type of client you've got whether they are incredibly detailed or kinesthetic or um you know different types of learners it yes. really does yes. pull them down to right okay let's draw physically let's draw this out so you can see the space uh -huh. and then start going through iterations so it starts to yeah visualize that intuitive iterative process that we do mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah yeah no it, it works really well and then you know through the workshop we'll we'll then hone down to an option or mm -hmm. well, not necessarily in that session but uh, say a month later and, and yeah. then you've got something that you can start you know yes doing a yes design around yes. Which, which are I, we'll, we'll typically do we'll do the as-built drawing and i still hand draft so we'll do the as-built drawings yeah i do the as-built drawings for what they have and then i do kind of three schemes and then we like pick and choose from those schemes if they want one element in one scheme we put mm -hmm. that together and then after schematic design and design development we get preliminary estimates to see mm -hmm. if people's you know goals <laughs> yeah. Yeah, economic very similar. Are match up with with what their dreams and aspirations are and then we go into the construction document mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and do you practice in california so um yes i practice in california and i just read and i was licensed in texas but oh. i didn't really pursue any work there i had gotten my license for a project that was actually for the owner of toyota so one of my friends um there was a big residential complex down there in argyle texas that he had already started on and then he wanted to you know he wanted me to kind of be the architect 
protective record and then we decided not to work together <laughs> but um which was kind of like a like an insurance it was kind of an insurance uh disagreement that we had like I wanted to get insurance and he didn't want to get insurance mm -hmm. and um yeah exactly. and then um, and then I didn't, I didn't pursue any work there for five years. And then I decided, you know, that um, I have an opportunity to, to, um, to work with some people in Arizona. And so I got licensed in Arizona. And okay. so now I'm licensed in California and Arizona. So, yeah. so what's different from state to state? Is it, um, oh, do you have, you have building codes, don't you? Well, we have, we, we actually use the international building code, um, but we, uh, California also has California specific codes. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the different jurisdictions might be a little bit different, but then we still have California. So we have the international building code and then the way that California, um, you know, those deviations, typically California is more stringent mm. than the international building code. And then, um, and we're using, you know, we use the 2019 code. Um, in Arizona, a lot of the different jurisdictions, they're using the building code, but they'll use different versions. They'll use different um, versions, like they'll use the 2017 code instead of the mm -hmm. 2019 code. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of the different jurisdictions can use different versions. So yeah, so for us, I mean, we have um, planning um, authorities and we have yes. uh, building inspectors. So planning is generally kind of like the outline design, what it looks like, the, you know, the appearance of it for externally, and also starts to look at, you know, kind of landscaping and change of use and how many cars you're putting in the road and, you know. Yes. Um, yes protecting and we have that too yeah we have that too. <laughs> and then the the building inspectors um that's about you kind of your fire structure thermal efficiency so our build our building control is national but mm -hmm. our planning varies from council to council yes exactly yeah and ours is like ours is like that too. But then we oh. also have these things that are with California. We have the California Coastal Act. Okay. So and then yeah, and then different jurisdictions have decided. You know, some of them are underneath the California the co the Coastal Act and the and have to be um, approved through the Coastal Commission. And then other other parts are not like like Coronado, like the city of Coronado is right there on the water, but they do not go through the coastal commission really for that much. They have their own like coastal approval process. And mm -hmm. then, but then the city of San Diego, they sometimes go through the coastal commission for big things. Sometimes they don't. So it's, it's, <laughs> but then there are like these smaller communities, you know, that do go, that have to go through the coastal commission, like the whole entire community has to go through the coastal like one area I learned, I just learned yesterday, there's, um, there's an area of Barrio Logan, which is kind of by the, you know, by the piers. Mm. And it's a very kind of like work, workforce, you know, lower, lower income for San Diego area, and everything has to go through the Coastal Commission. Yeah. So, 
you know, they'll need more housing. That housing has to go through the Coastal Commission. All, all the housing, any affordable housing, any housing at all has to go through the Coastal Commission for this one area because of where it's at. So, yeah. So how do you split between like build, like how, like changes of use or numbers of housing to actually the detailed design? Well, I was a, I was a planning commissioner in my, sorry, say that again. Yeah, I was a planning commissioner in my own city. Oh, and okay. so as an architect, I was on the kind of like the planning commission. So if there were, um, yeah, if there were, if people wanted a change of uh, zone, change of use, a variance or any yeah. of those kind of things that were planning issues, planning. I, I would do, yeah, I would, I would review those. And that was kind of like a separate committee, right? That was, that's run by citizens. It's run by the city, but the, the people on the planning commission are citizens of mm -hmm. the jurisdiction. So I, I did that for 12 years. And so we would, um, we would work on coming up with a, you know, like the state of California wants a housing element for each person. So, so we would have um, kind of like a zoning uh, book, yeah. let's say, for, for each city has to have a zoning book that kind of like goes into all of these things and is constantly improving things. And then the, the state wants, um, the state of California asks for a housing element. And so you have to, you know, there are different statistics that say this many people are moving into the area. Yeah. So your city has to accommodate for all of these new people. So, that are so you get in. like, you get permission, like, is it, is it a planning permission? Do you call it a planning permission? Planning commission. Yeah. Commission. Yeah. Commission. Yes. <laughs> Rather than planning permission. Yes. Yes. Permission. And we give permission. Yeah. And we review things for permission. Yeah. But, but right now, yeah, the state has, um, the state has some things in place so that uh, so that we can expedite our housing. Um, so one of those things, if you're on these transit, you know, these TOD, transit-oriented development mm. corridors, then um, then you can do housing that is uh, you have no limit on density and no limit on height. So you could do a ton of micro units. Wow. And you can go as high you, as you do. You not have to get any permissions whatsoever, or you we have to go through the building department. But it doesn't. But it bypasses the planning commission or anything. Well, I mean, we we have that. things like that, and we call them lawful development. But but um, we still have to get a certificate of lawful development to prove that it was lawful on the date that it was done. Otherwise, it's you know, it's not deemed to be, or mm -hmm. it's not known whether it was um, legal or not. So, yeah. And, and so one of the reasons why they were doing this, people were just, uh, people, you know, NIMBYs not in my backyard would yeah, say, we'll oh, we don't, yeah, we, we <laughs> don't want any development here. We don't want any apartments here. We don't want any of this. Like our area is, you know, it's still 80% single family mm -hmm. dwellings, but people, were you know would still be saying oh we don't want anybody you know you're trying to take away our single family development and I'm like look at these maps all the yellow it, it would be it, and so most of the whole you know we're nine square miles and most of most of the development is single family residential 
and mm -hmm. you know in the city of La Mesa and they would you know a lot of people would be like oh don't take away our single family home. right and in Europe right in England you would never say like single family home like single family homes are a luxury right <laughs> <laughs> to be on a piece of property and there's still people that are outside of California like I look at some of my friends I mean where my parents live in the Midwest right they live on three acres you wow. know I have friends that do uh, work in, in New York, you know, up, upstate New York or kind of like the Hamptons and things where people have all this property, you know, and then, and then they have houses and you're, you know, you, you see the house and there's nothing else around it. And I always kind of say like, what, don't you have any setbacks, you know, here we're like, okay, you, we have a five foot setback and then we can't, you know, we have a 40 foot rear yard setback and, you know, so the place where you can actually build the home is very, and then you know, your next door neighbor is 10 feet away from you, right? Mm -hmm. got it, you know? mm -hmm. Oh, we have that. We have that. It sounds yeah. very similar. And um, I can't believe we've kind of almost run out of time already. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to come on your podcast and we can continue this conversation. I know. I know. I know. Well, what, so, what questions did you want me to? Because I mean, uh, I, I, I think it's I think it's just about the uh, the chat. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So so you run a podcast yourself? Yes, I've never met a woman architect before. Yes. So when did you set that up? I started it four years ago, actually. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yes. And so my first, my first uh, guest was Bijan Chakrabarti. So a lot of people think that I only interview women mm -hmm. architects, but I don't only interview women architects. And then right now we're doing um, a series. I say we, it's me, but I mean, I guess <laughs> it's a grand way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have some people that draft for me every once in a while, but it's, it's, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> But we're all right. It takes a village. So, so um, uh, it uh, on it's publishing, uh, getting your work published, and mm -hmm. it's the digital edition. And so it's kind of based on this panel discussion that we had for um, through the AIAU. And so we had Anne Fujeron, who's an architect, and um, in here in California and San Francisco, and then um, and she has beautiful work. And, um, and then we had Liza Hausman from House H O U Z Z, which is kind of—I mean, I don't know whether are you familiar with House? Yeah, yeah. House, House over House there. there yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So she's VP for um, marketing. So she kind yeah. of did it. And then we had a. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so she had to, so that so I interviewed her also. So she was one of the she was the first person who was not an architect that I interviewed and then also Kevin Harris of AGS Stainless they're like a cable rail company and glass rail company mm -hmm. and um and then Paul Petrunia who mm -hmm. is the founder um and CEO of uh Arconnect mm -hmm. which is another which Arconnect is worldwide mm -hmm. and um Bustler which is the competition website he also runs that so um so that was that was, the, that was our kind of our series for um, a podcast. So I'm going to be posting Kevin's later on this week. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to bring this to an end. Uh, okay. So relatively short and sweet. Um, <laughs> 
so thank you very much for coming on and um we'll put your links in the bio to your podcast as well and um so if you just check out the description whether you're on spotify or on youtube and if anyone's listening uh, please like comment share and if you want to get in touch with me uh, it's lisa rains um that's r-a-y-n-e-s um and you can check us out on the pride road franchise.co.uk so thanks very much michelle for coming on yes thank you lisa Thank you for joining me, Lisa Rains, for Architecture in the Den. If you want to find out about franchising, check out our website, prideroadfranchise.co.uk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe and leave a review. And do get in touch through your favourite platform if you'd like to be a guest.